0: Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. Good morning. Let me warn you that her English singing is better than my English speaking. Then yeah. okay i know you, you you know in brazil we speak portuguese but i don't know if you are aware of that the fact that in florida Brazilians do not speak english we, <laughs> we speak portuguese all the time <laughs> and sometimes we speak some spanish but rarely we speak english and it's not easy for me to preach in english that the last time i preached in an american church was almost 17 years ago Then, be patient with English, and I hope you can understand me, okay? And even with the errors, you can understand what I'm going to say. Uh, Pastor Steve asked me to talk a little bit about myself and my story, and I'd like to start saying that I had the privilege to uh, be born and grow up in a Christian uh, home, And since my childhood, I gave my heart to Jesus. When I was eight years old, I was baptized. There's a picture here of my uh, baptism. Uh, I used to be killed, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Oh, yeah, that's one. I'm liable, but that's mine. That's me. Okay. Uh, And then when I... Since my childhood, I was uh, aware of my calling from God to be a pastor. I used to play church with my sisters at home. And when I was 16, I left my hometown and uh, traveled a thousand miles to receive at the seminary to start studying to be a pastor. And there, I was graduated when I was 20, and then I became a pastor at that time. And after that I met Alice at the same seminary. She was studying music there. And then we got married. Uh, le- uh, this Thursday, we celebrate our 32nd anniversary. Uh, yeah, wow. yes, it was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, then came our two daughters, uh, Melody. Melody's here this morning. And now we have the privilege of having Melody and her husband, Silas. And they're living with us because she's studying at FAU. She's wow. getting her master's degree in linguistics at FAU, and then God gave us the privilege to have them in our, our home. Our youngest daughter, Anna, is living in Buenos Aires. She's in Argentina, studying medical school there, and we miss her a lot. But God knows everything. Then. Well, during my time of ministry, I'm almost 34 years of ministry right now. Uh, one of the, the great things God gave us was the privilege of studying here uh, from 2003 to 2005. Uh, I got my doctor of ministry degree at the Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in Wake Forest, and then when I went back, to, oh, then yes, then when I went back to Brazil. We became the senior pastor at Capunga Baptist Church in Recife, and then we stayed there until 2017 when God invited us to come to America, with uh, to uh, to work with the uh, Brazilian Baptist Fellowship as the executive director and as Pastor Steve said, working in planting new Brazilian churches. And the last month, God brought us to this church, and from the the passion, the vision, and the generosity of your pastor in this church. We're having this wonderful place to have our Brazilian services uh, every Sunday night. We, we meet here at 6.30 p.m. You can come, and we can, we can provide some translation for you if necessary, okay? But you can come. And uh, it has been very, very good for us to be here, and we thank God, and we thank you for this, this place is great. Uh, By the way, the restaurants are wonderful. (laughs) 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 Then it's very good to be here, and I'd like to share something uh, with you. But before I start, I'd like to to introduce you some Brazilians who are here today, and some of our people are here. Uh, Please stand, Uh, the Brazilian group. Yeah, (laughs) okay, Uh, (laughs) and, see? You already have a multi-cultural church. <laughs> uh, I know you have the Spanish, Spanish, uh, Spanish service, and now there's a Brazilian service. We're thinking about maybe changing our uh, service time for the mornings, but uh, uh, until now, we're having our service at 6.30 p.m. I'd like to share some things from the Word of God, and I'd like to read from Matthew chapter. Fourteen, verse 13 through 21. Uh, and then I'd like to, to, to tell you that this story, as few as a feel stories in the ministry of Jesus, is related for all is as is presented in all four Gospels. What's very interesting. This show us something about the importance of this moment in the life of Jesus. Not only because it shows us the God's power, but also because have some lessons for us. Matthew 14 from verse 13 says, When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to the heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. and the disciples picked it up. Twelve basketfuls of broken peace that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. As we see this text, and I believe the reason why we have this story in all four Gospels is because there are some things God wants to tell us and teach us about not only the reality 2,000 years ago, but about our lives today our needs today and i would like to invite you to see some highlights in this text some parts of the text and and realize how this can teach us the first thing i'd like to uh, have your attention is for the way the disciples take some place uh, and they understood their role was identify the need of that people and then they go to Jesus and says, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. It's interesting because uh, the disciples realized that people needed food. And they couldn't have food on that place. They couldn't have food in the desert. And then at that time, they realized they were in a remote place. And the time was a problem at that time. And I can see here a a, a frame, an image of our reality today. As we think not only about the physical needs, but the spiritual needs. There is famine in the world. People are hungry. People are starving. For sure, starving physically in some place of the world, but spiritually around the world. People are in need, in need of hope in need of peace, in need of security, in need of happiness. During this time of pandemic, we could see more easily and more present these needs. Unfortunately, we always listen to some news about suicides, about drugs, about some terrible things happening in the world. People are in need. We can see this. And we know the only way to satisfy their needs is through Jesus. We know that. Then we see the world and realize that the place is remote. This world cannot satisfy their real needs. We remember when Jesus told the history of of the prodigal son. And then Jesus told uh, there was a famine. And then that prodigal son went to get a job, and he got a job taking care of pigs, and in that place, he desired to get some food from the pigs, but no bar gave nothing to him. This reminds us the world cannot satisfy the real needs of people. Out of Jesus, the men cannot be satisfied. They cannot find peace. Happiness, hope, salvation. We know that. This place is remote. But we can see also that not only this place is remote, but the time is passing. It's already getting late because there's no time to lose. As I think about this, I remember that each moment, each hour, each day, dozens, hundreds, thousands of people are going to hell, are dying. I know the other in the other side of the world, but in the other side of the street, yeah. close to us, near to us. In the place where we go, people are in need and people are lost. Right. We know that. If we believe Jesus is the only way, if you believe Jesus is the only hope for the world, we see people who are dying without Christ and without salvation and without hope. Yeah. But see the need of people is the, the easy, easier part. The disciples realize that. But then the story goes away. And when, when the story goes goes ahead ahead, the text says... Jesus surprises them with a curious answer. When they said, the the place is remote, it's already getting late, Jesus says to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. (laughs) I can imagine how the big shock the disciples had at that time. They had before the eyes 5,000 men, besides women and children. And the comment from Jesus was so simple, so direct, they couldn't misunderstand. Give you something to them. The question is, it's not enough to realize people need Jesus. We need to remember that the task of feed them is ours. Yeah. The task of giving hope to the people is ours. Jesus is saying to us today, give you something to them. And I, I need to tell you, so many times I listen to his voice telling me, give you something to eat. We need to be conscious, aware of the fact that the responsibility we have is feed the multitude without Christ. It's not enough to know they need Jesus. We need care about that. Yeah. We need to be concerned about that. And we need to know our responsibility and our role as the ones who need give them something to eat. Then the story goes ahead. And the third part is when the disciples answered to Jesus just saying, We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. They were saying, We're sorry. We're sorry. We know. People need food, but we have nothing to do. We can't say, we can't do nothing. That's interesting because the disciples chose the excuse of the incapacity as a pretext to to escape from responsibility. And they were not the first ones. Moses did the same. Do you remember when God called Moses to go to Egypt? And and, and Moses answers, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Oh, Lord, I'm not a man of words. I have never been so and am not now, even after what you have said to your servants, for talking is hard for me, and I'm slow of tongue. Do you remember Gideon? When God called Gideon to free his people from the Midianites, Gideon answered, O Lord, how may I be the savior of Israel? See, my family is the poorest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. Do you remember Jeremiah? When God invited him to be a prophet, Jeremiah said, Oh Lord God, see, I have no power of words because I'm a child. When Jesus said, Asking asked the disciples to feed the multitude. They just said, (laughs) we have here just five loaves of bread and two fish. When Jesus invites us today to feed the multitude, we say, oh, Lord, I have no talent. I have no ability. I have no theological formation. I have no knowledge. I have no uh, experience. Uh, I have no time. I have no money. (laughs) We just give excuses all the time, all the time. What is behind our excuses? Sincerely, lack of love, lack of will, laziness, (laughs) selfishness. When (laughs) God talked to Moses and Moses gave one excuse after other, and God explained to, to him the excuses weren't enough. Moses said to God, "Oh Lord, please send someone else to do it." <laughs> the problem for Moses weren't the the difficult he had talking. The problem is lack of will. He he didn't want to go. Sometimes behind our excuses. Maybe there are other problems who are uh, leaving us far away from the plan God has for us. Then the, the, the story goes ahead. And we found the comment from Jesus. Jesus simply says, bring them here to me. Bring them here to me. Jesus was not worried about how many bread and fish they had. Actually, Jesus neither asked them about that. Jesus never is worried about how much we have, neither what we do not have. He just asked us, bring to me whatever you have. Just this. He just wants us to put in his hands all we are and all we have. Just this. And then, when the disciples put in his hands what they had, we see the awesome results of the act. The text says they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Why 12? I I really don't know. But sometimes I think uh, maybe Jesus said to his uh, apostles, you have something to go. (laughs) You can take it. One for each one of you. But never forget what I can do when you put what you have in my hands. Never forget what I can do When you trust me and give me who you are and what you have. Because I do. It's not your power. It's not your strength. It's not your capacity. It's not about you. It's about me. I will do. I will do. And when Jesus did this, that entire merit was satisfied. And God did the same to Moses. Remember? Moses finally went to Egypt and God did wonders. Do you remember Gideon? That small man in Manasseh? God took Gideon and with a ridiculous arm of 300 men, their guns. Jars, torches, and trumpets. (laughs) And God fed his people from the Midianites. Jesus took five loaves of bread and two fish. And 5,000 men besides women and children were fed. Jesus does this. Jesus does this when we can see The need of people. And we're concerned about that. And we feel love. And we feel passion. And we really mirth about what's happened to the people. Not only people in the other side of the world, but people close to us. Maybe you can sing right now in someone you know who's going to the hell. Who's going to help because if someone doesn't have Jesus, you know, you know this person is going to hell. Only Jesus can save people. Jesus is the only hope, the only way, the only source of peace, the only salvation. And you know that. You know that. And then, when we try to escape from the responsibility, telling God what we have that is so plural, or, or telling God what we do not have, he simply says, give me what you have. Put in my hand what you have. Just this. Just this. When we do it, when you do it, he does the work. He performs the miracle. He saves people. He does this. But I need to think about just now, Jesus is telling us as we see the need of the people that is now it's our responsibility to feed them, to give them hope Peace and salvation. It's our responsibility to tell them about Jesus. We only need to put in His hands our lives, our time, our resources, our opportunities, our relationships, and put this in His hands because He will perform the miracle.